Hello, everybody. <laughs> Did this hold on a second. There we go. Nailed it. A little late, admittedly, but whatever. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Bible News Radio. Today is August 2nd. No, it's not. It's August 25th. <laughs> August 25th. Yeah, it is. This is the second hour. I got I got a bub. I got before myself. Did I? Is that right? Well, anyway. Ahead of yourself. I got ahead of myself. <laughs> Just like a shadow does when you're walking outside and the shadow's like right in front of you. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show. Well, this is the second hour. Today, what we're going to do in this hour is we're going to talk about the FDA approval of the Pfizer vaccine and why this may not necessarily be a good thing. I know. I know. It's scary. Um, and this is a controversial issue. And that's what I'm all about here. Total controversy. 100% of the time, no matter what. Just so you know. That was a joke. Some of you guys are uptight. You really need to stop being sticks in the mud. Yeah, you do. All right. <clears throat> I actually heard a great quote this week. The quote was, never take a shirt from a naked man. <laughs> Randall thought that was funny. <laughs> it, it, think about it. Okay. Anyway. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the Pfizer vaccine. If you are just catching the second hour, one of the things I want you to know is that we did our devotional time in the first hour, so you can go watch the first hour. This hour, not only are we going to read about why this FDA approval thing may not be such a good thing, but we're going to look at some of the marketing that's out there. There is a thing on Twitter <laughs> that caught my eye, and I was like, ugh. When I saw it, I was just like, really? And the, the first thing I thought of when I saw this particular thread on Twitter was when I did my series called The Marketing of Homosexuality to America, and I read this book written by two gay activists all about how they use these marketing persuasion tactics to lure people into believing homosexuality is normal, natural, and okay. Which, by the way, it's not normal, it's not natural, and it's not okay, just so you know. I have I have a 12, 12, an 8-hour video series on my YouTube channel, which miraculously has not been banned or anything. <laughs> Surprised. Uh, anyway, so you can go over there. By the way, I want to tell you that um, there are numerous ways to, to reach us through our comments section, the best way, though, is through our website, BibleNewsRadio.com. And also, uh, if you um, want to join my text message list, text Bible News to 33222 right there. And you can be in another country. Hey, I just happened to see somebody from Germany tuned into last hour, which is super cool. That is so cool. Um, Lori. Lori, if you're still watching, that is so cool that you're there in Germany. I think that is so cool. I had a stepdad. Uh, my mom married. It was her third husband. And his name was Hans. And he came from Germany. He actually served under Hitler. And he was trying to get away from Hitler. And he actually immigrated here to America to get out of Germany during that horrible time in his life. Um, he taught me one phrase. This is what it is. You you know what it means. If I I, I know I'm not going to say it perfect because I'm not German. I'm actually French and part Jewish. 
But he said this, Ish libadish. Yeah. But it's probably more pronounced like, Ish libadish. Ish libadish. Or something like that. Well, it depends on where in the where in Germany you're from. Just like we have, you know, Midwest accent. Can you do it Southern. good? Well, it depends. You're, you're fine. I think more towards France to the <laughs> south, it would be that softer ish sound. Ish. I think close to the north, it's a little harsh, but they say ich, ich, liebe dich. Yeah, um, you got to have that like, <laughs> like um, phlegm thing going on, right? <laughs> Which some, I genuinely do have because of my allergies. Very uh, super annoying. And some parts, <clears throat> some parts of some parts of the country, yes. Mm. Um, every every place has its its accents. Gotcha. I know. I know. When I was taking French in high school, no, I didn't pass the class, but um, just just holding. But I but I picked it up just because I. This whole time you've gone oh, to me. You that was fake. You didn't. You were not good enough in French to pass it. Oh, I was good. I just didn't just didn't do the work. I, I picked up the language. I just do that thing you like to do to me. Anyway, let me let me before I lose my train of thought. Um, the teacher, she was she okay. was an American, but she studied in the south of France, and so every pronunciation I heard was from from the from the south, closer to Spain, mm-hmm. and and there they tend to drop syllables, and and it's you know kind of like southern accent here. And then I decided after high school to to study French a little more uh, via these old records, and it was a Parisian um, French, and it's like wow, it's you know uh, for instance words that end in ble, you know like um, well, like in English we would say terrible, but in in the south of France they would say terrible, terrible. And then, and like Paris, you might hear more like terrible. You'd even hear the E at the end, terrible. Anyway, so, and there were other things. It's just an example because I'm picking up, you know, English words that have a direct what he said. Uh, pronunciation. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, anyway. So. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. I know everyone smiles. Like, yeah, that's it right there. Just, 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 <laughs> don't be sending hate mail. It's, it's, just, it's, like a, it's like a stereotype of, oh, the France. No? We? No. Oh, I just had to do that. You just do something to the inner sides of me. Je ne parle pas au mot de français. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we just had our frisky moment. Okay. Back to you. Um, though, <laughs> if you're new to the show, Randall and I are married. Just so you know. Okay. Uh, anyway, we, yeah, we just celebrated 29 years a couple of days ago. Actually, 10 days ago. We've been married 29 years and 10 days. Live to tell about it. <clears throat> anyway. All right, so let's look at this FDA approval thing. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say one other thing, okay? Look, last week I got some kickback <laughs> because 
the or backlash. Backlash, whatever. The the. Uh, uh, no. Okay, the, go ahead. Uh, just just help me uh, understand language. No, no. Just like it's kick. not over innings in baseball. Well, kickback. You look in dictionary, and it can be either. Either you're either you're getting backlash or you know negative negative feedback from someone. Okay. But more often, kickback is used in a monetary sense that, you know, we've got this kind of side deal going on, and because I promote you, I get some kickback, you know, which doesn't really... We don't get that. Doesn't sound... Yeah, it doesn't sound like kickback. That sounds like you're getting kicked by, you know, a a ox or something like that. It doesn't doesn't sound (laughs) like like pleasant. But for some reason, that's become, in English, in American English anyway, the predominant meaning of kickback is this monetary arrangement. So, so just to make sure I know what I'm talking about, when it's negative feedback, negative feedback is too many syllables, I will say backlash, because hitherto, that, that phrase has not been turned into something good yet. It will, because people butcher the English language all the time, and things like terrible used to mean something, you know, or terrific used to be something inciting terror, and now it's something wonderful. Oh, that's terrific! Anyway, so, and it wasn't that long ago. You should join the Word Nerds Facebook group. I should, but anyway. It would, you would be there too much, though. So, you would be like, typing everything. Anyway, so, <laughs> kickback, which is a, is, would normally be a negative thing, has somehow the predominant meaning has been, oh, we get, you know, kickback. We okay, get, we got the point. Okay, anyway. so, the okay, so. You got some backlash. Backlash. <laughs> yeah, I did. Jeez, people. Gosh, Christians, you can be so loving. <laughs> well, anyway, we got, we got some backlash because there's some people in the church who think that I was attacking people who got vaccinated, and I'm not. I have a lot of good friends that have been vaccinated. I have people who I love with all my heart who's been vaccinated um, and <clears throat> all that. I just have reasons for me not personally getting vaccinated. But like I did, I did share with somebody that, you know, if it comes to it, if it comes to this thing where we actually have to, Randall and I will probably do it if we have to for real, you know, but right now we don't have to. By the way, speaking of that, I want to bring up this issue too. Yesterday, I spoke with an attorney here in Tennessee. Now, this might not apply in your state, but if you're in Tennessee, this definitely applies. I have a friend. She is a nurse. Okay. She goes to my church. She has been a traveling nurse. Uh, She has treated COVID patients since COVID came out. Okay. She's not vaccinated. And now her nursing company or wherever it is she works for, I don't even know what, you know, I don't know who employs her actually. But now they want her to get vaccinated. They're mandating her getting vaccinated. She doesn't want to get vaccinated. So she asked me to pray and other people to pray. And I told her I would talk to my lawyer, my Legal Shield attorney. And I did. I talked to them yesterday. And I found something out. This might carry over to other states. But if you're in another state, consider this. If you happen to be one of my Legal Shield members, you might want to call your law firm up and ask them this question. And word it this way because you can't call on behalf of somebody else. So call them up, say, hey, I'm interested in working in a helping profession, uh, you know, education, nursing, whatever, if you really are. And ask them, what is the law? If I choose to change careers, what is the law about me getting vaccinated if they mandate it and I don't want to get vaccinated? 
and then they'll tell you the answer. So the answer for Tennessee is this. The answer is that employers have to provide a reasonable um, means to um, provide, they, they have to provide you an alternative if you can't get vaccinated, okay? The, and and here's, the big, here's the number one alternative that we have, religious exemption. Okay, they have to provide you an exemption, a way to not get vaccinated or some type of physical anomaly. Most employers, and this is the problem, most employers, especially in the health fields, because the vaccine now is, is FDA approved, this is going to be their go-to covering help for all their employees. It's the easiest thing. I mean, they're not going to be providing masks. They're not going to be doing this. They're not going to be doing that. So for you to opt out to be exempt from this legally, you can file a religious exemption if that's you. Okay. If you're going to the church uh, of J.D. Farag, he has an exemption letter that he is willing to give you. If you go to libertycouncil.org, if you go to lc.org forward slash exempt, there's a whole bunch of info on how to get exempt from it if you don't want to be vaccinated. Now, if you do want to be vaccinated, go for it. Who cares? You can do it, right? But there are people who don't want to be. We shouldn't be forced to get vaccinated if we don't want to be. This is America, at least for the time being, you know? I mean, I know that they're trying to you know, make us a socialist government. They're actually, the evildoers from around the world are actually trying to bring the whole world under one system, one world system. And I mean, that's pretty obvious if you, hello, if your eyes are open, um, <clears throat> you can see that. And I also think that this whole pushing of this is really a precursor to the mark of the beast, which most of us won't be here for, okay? Because with the whole mark of the beast thing, you know, the whole goal of that is if you don't have that, you can't buy, you can't sell. And, you know, so this thing is kind of a precursor because it's like, well, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come in here, can't buy groceries. You know, if you're not vaccinated, you can't work here, you know. So just think about it. You know, this is, I'm not making this up. Okay. So Liberty Council put out this press release and I'm going to read it in its entirety. It's a little bit long but I think you need to hear it all. And I will also tweet it out <clears throat> on my Bible News Radio page. Um, so it's titled, FDA approval of Pfizer shot does not mean safe. The Food and Drug Administration has now granted approval for the Pfizer Inc. BioNTech COVID-19 two-dose injection marketed as com or Ranity, or however the heck you say that. Mernity? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. For, for use in people ages 16 and older, despite the fact that John Hopkins University of Medicine states that a typical vaccine development timeline takes five to 10 years and sometimes longer to assess safely, safety, safety and efficacy. This approval was the fastest in the agent, agency's history coming less than four months after Pfizer, Bio, and Tech filled for licensing on May 7th. It is still available under Emergency Use Authorization, EUA, for adolescents 12 to 15. <clears throat> the FDA gave emergency use authorization for 16-year-olds and older in December, and then later gave further emergency use uh, authorization for ages 12 and up in May. 
Moderna filed for a full approval June 1st, and Johnson & Johnson has plans to apply for approval later this year. The approval only applies to the two-dose Pfizer shot and not any so-called third, quote, booster, unquote, which remains under the EUA, even though the product is exactly the same. In other words, the two-shot dosage is approved, but the same product for the third booster remains under the EUA. Additionally, even though the EUA no longer applies for the Pfizer two-shot dosage, state and federal law regarding medical and religious exemptions are effective and not diminished by this FDA change of status. Individuals continue to have medical and religious exemption options. And again, I talked to the, the attorneys here in Tennessee. That's exactly what they told me. So here's the thing, and just know this. If you're in one of these fields and you're like being told now you can't work, um, if you file a religious exemption and they tell you, oh, no, we can't do that, guess what? They've just broken the law. So you have then basis to go back and say, oh, you want a lawsuit? Because, you know, or, or whatever it is, you know, in order so that you don't have to do that. However, this FDA approval does not mean the Pfizer shots are safe, as evident by the VAERS data that shows 595,620 adverse events, including 13,608 deaths as of August 13, 2021, from the COVID injections. 13,608 people have died from the COVID injections. By the way, I had a big, huge debate on my Facebook page and I have to tell you that it amazes me how much attack came from that conversation. People dismissing the the data on the government website. But real quick before we lose the the context, okay. Um, you know, I was there's a Twitter feed today, and people say, "Oh, <laughs> you can't go by VAERS data because that's all re you know because it's self-reporting and and trolls and Russian hackers." Hi, Angie, are putting over there, and Tracy and Jerry. Over on YouTube. Yeah, so trolls and Russian hackers are putting all that stuff in. Oh. Well, I would... That may be true. Not all that. Some of the stuff, sure. But I think more than 60% is is contributed by verified healthcare workers. So... Yeah. Just putting that out there. Well, when our nurse girlfriend is not wanting the vaccine, if she's been treating COVID patients, that's all I need to know. Yeah. I mean, I have friends that have gotten sick, some who've almost died. Uh, yeah. I'd anyway. I'd like to speak to that Okay. Later. So it goes on to say the deaths in this data includes approximately 9,024 deaths after receiving the Pfizer shot. Regulators also say they're determined there are increased risks of mitocarditis. Carditis. I'm going to. Okay. And pericarditis. I hope I'm saying that right. Or, or heart inflammation. Following administration of the shot, particularly within the seven days following the second dose of the two-dose regimen. The prescribing information for the Pfizer injection also includes the following warnings. Quote, the observed risk is higher among males under 40 years of age compared to females and older males. Interesting, because the ones I know are like in their 60s. But anyway, the observed risk is highest in males 12 to 17 years of age. Available date. Available. <laughs> Available data uh, from short-term follow-up suggests that most individuals have had resolution of symptoms. However, some individuals require intensive care support. Information is not yet available about potential long-term health outcomes, unquote. 
In addition, the prescribing information also states the most commonly reported adverse reactions include fatigue, headache, muscle pain, chills, joint pain, fever, and injection site swelling. The history behind the Pfizer company and other FDA-approved FDA approved drugs also speaks to the fact whether this is quick-to-approval drug is really safe. In 2009, Pfizer Inc., and its subsidiary, Pharmacia and Upjohn Company Incorporated, had to pay $2.3 billion in the largest health care fraud settlement in history against a pharmaceutical company. Pfizer pled guilty to a felony violation of the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act for illegally promoting the uses of four of its drugs, including the anti-inflammatory drug Bextra, Geodon, an antipsychotic, Zyvox, an antibiotic, and Lyrica, Lyrical, an anti-epileptic drug, which I remember that one. In 2004, Pfizer also agreed to pay $430 million to federal and state governments and pled guilty to criminal charges of illegally marketing the epilepsy epilepsy drug Neurontin. Neurontin. Yeah, just so you know, I don't read good people. I don't speak well either. And they've got these made up, you know, product names. Which yeah. Is... For migraine headaches, pain pain and bipolar disorder. Made up, I mean, they're real product names. It's just their imaginative names by combining various syllables. Anyway. You know what's amazing to me is they have all this money to pay out. Mm-hmm. That should tell you something. Yep. Once the FDA approves drugs, doctors can prescribe them off-label for any use, but manufacturers cannot market them for anything other than approved uses. Yeah, because I think Lyrica went for that, like, for eczema or something like that, or for psoriasis. I, I have no idea. Anyway, this is an anti-epileptic drug. I don't remember being marketed for that. Mm. Examples of other FDA-approved drugs that, that were once deemed safe and effective that caused significant damage include, in 1985, Seldane was an antihistamine that did not cause drowsiness. It had been on the market for 13 years before being recalled due to life-threatening heart problems when taken in combination with other drugs. Uh, Ranitidine was sold under the familiar name Zantac, among other names, which is the medication that was used to treat stomach acid. It was found to break down into N-nitrosodium methylamine, which is known to be highly hepatoxic, chemical-driven liver cancer, and... It is a known carcinogen in laboratory animals. According to FARS, from 1983 through 2020, Zantac caused 20,473 adverse reactions in 7,988 serious cases, which include death. In 2020, it was withdrawn from the United States due to serious side effects, which included liver problems, a slow heart rate, pneumonia, and the potential of masking stomach cancer. A popular opiate pain reliever, Darvon and Darvacet, was put on the market in 1955 and continued to be on the market for 55 years, 2010, until it was found that it was causing serious toxicity to the heart. Between 1981 and 1999, there were over 2,110 deaths reported. The UK banned it in 2005 while it stayed in the United States for another five years before being recalled. D-E-S, Dethyl some whatever, a synthetic estrogen, had been on the market for 31 years, from 1940 to 1971, before it was recalled after it was discovered the following was occurring, cancer of the cervix and vagina, birth defects and other developmental abnormalities in children born to women who took the drug while pregnant. 
The Painkiller Direct, Bromfenact, was only on the market for one year before it was recalled in 1998. There were, were reported four deaths, eight required liver transplants, and 12 patients with severe liver, da liver damage. Lotrinex, Alostron, or however you say that, had, been, had not been on the market a year before it was recalled in 2000. It was used for irritable bowel syndrome in women. However, under a year later, under a year there had been 49 cases of uh, basically inflammation and injury of the large intestine, 21 cases of severe constipation, 10 requiring surgery, five deaths and inflammation, as well as injury of the small intestine. It was later reintroduced in the market in 2002 with restricted indication. The appetite suppressant Meridia was taken off the market in 2010 due to the risk of an increased cardiovascular and stroke risk. September 30th, 2004, FDA reviewer Dr. David Graham testified before a Senate committee listed Meridia with Crestor, Accutane, Bextra, and Cerevent as drugs whose sales should be limited or stopped because of their danger to consumers. He called these drugs another Vioxx. Hey, are all you guys enjoying listening to this? Wow, doesn't it make you not want to take any medicine at all? Just so you know, it does me. Um, a popular acne medication, Accutane, was pulled from the market in 2009 after having been available for over 27 years. It was recalled due to the increased risk of birth defects, miscarriages, and premature births when used by pregnant women in addition to inflammatory bowel disease and suicidal tendencies. There have been over 7,000 lawsuits with a $10.5 million verdict and two $9 million verdicts. Isotreno something tin is still on the market yet now has a risk management program called I Pledge to reduce the risk of fetal exposure. In 1894, Johnson & Johnson launched Johnson's baby powder made of crushed talc. They began facing lawsuits in 20. Uh, 17 over asbestos exposure from contaminated talcum baby powder. Johnson Johnson has denied that its talcum powder products cause cancer. After documents were unsealed in 2017, it was revealed that as early as the 1970s, Johnson & Johnson executives were aware of asbestos liabilities. Once this information was out for all to know, things started to happen. A New Jersey jury ordered Johnson & Johnson to pay $80 million in punitive damages to Stephen Lanzo III, who claimed he developed mesolithomia from using ba baby Johnson's baby powder and shower products. He was also awarded $37 million in compensatory damages. This was Johnson & Johnson's first loss involving an asbestos talcum powder lawsuit. There were more to follow. Johnson Johnson knew its baby powder contained asbestos. Independent labs detected asbestos in the product from 1971 up to the early 2000s. Johnson & Johnson covered it up and never reported it to the FDA. In October 2019, retailers in the U.S. pulled the talc-based baby powder. Then in May of 2020, Johnson & Johnson ended up ended sales for its talc-based baby powder. In February of 2021, they set aside $3.9 billion for talc-related litigation. In the summer of 2021, it was reported that they were considering looking at putting talc liabilities into bankruptcy amid lawsuits, all while continuing to repeatedly deny that its product 
can be linked to cancer. The first opiate medicine, morphine, was created in 1803. Since then, there have been many different opioids that have current that are currently on the market. It's been known for decades that opioid—I know I'm saying that wrong—opioids, yeah. okay, are dangerous and highly addictive, yet legally prescribed. Treating pain became a priority, and addiction was less of a concern. Big pharma has made billions off opioids now. Before. Now people are fighting back to hold them accountable for the collateral damage of the nation's opioid crisis. Let me see how much longer. Okay, this is a pretty long article here. Yeah, it is. In 2012 alone, there were more than 255 million opioid prescriptions. According to the government numbers, there were more than 650,000 opioid prescriptions dispensed every day in the U.S. As a result, overdoses and death spikes. The CDC noted that deaths had quadrupled between 1999 and 2015. Approximately 183,000 Americans died from prescribed opiate overdoses. U.S. citizens who fell victim to the opioid crisis is bravely battling back. They are taking the battle to the courts. There are numerous lawsuits occurring. Johnson Johnson, as well as other big pharma, are being sued. Purdue Pharma in 2009 agreed to pay $19.5 million over allegations of unlawful marketing of Oxycontin. Fortunately, Johnson & Johnson agreed this year to stop making op opioids, which is good. <sighs> the Clinton administration, 1998, required the inoculation of all military members with the anthrax vaccine, vaccine adsorbed, also referred to as biothrax. However, in June of 2001, the Department of Defense halted the vaccinations due to non-FDA-approved changes in Bioport's manufacturing process. Then in 2004, the DOD suspended the vaccination program. This was in response to a federal court ruling that military personnel should not have to accept the shots against their will unless the president ordered them to. While others believe they violated the Administrative Procedure Act, saying that the vaccine amounts to an unapproved drug or an investigational new drug. In 2007, the military resumed mandatory vaccination for certain troops. A federal judge in 2008 ruled that it was a violation of federal law for military personnel to be subjected to involuntary ABA inoculation. There were failed potency tests, which ultimately prevented FDA approval. The first eight years of the anthrax vaccination program, hundreds of troops refused the vaccine due to perceived health risks or religious concerns. Many of those paid dearly with penalties ranging from receiving non-judicial punishment, loss of rank and pay, their careers ended, they faced brig time, and even dishonorable discharges. A number of them sought to have their records corrected, but only a few were successful. Additional drugs pulled from the market include uh, Fenfen, uh, Posicor, Baycol, Viox, Bextra, Meridia, and Avastin, Accutane, and many more, which are linked, include included in the FDA failed history of approving harmful drugs. Liberty Council founder and chairman Matt Staber said, expediting an experimental injection in months without years of clinical studies and testing is irresponsible and deadly. The FDA has a terrible track record approving drugs that had to be recalled and removed from the market. I fear this unsound rush to approve the Pfizer two-shot dosage will be added to the FDA long list of failed and harmful drugs. Notwithstanding this FDA approval, people may still claim medical and religious exemptions. And um, 
so that's from Liberty Council. These, this is an attorney that wrote this. And what I'm going to tell you is that attorneys do their research, okay, <laughs> when they write something. And, you know, and, and this is the thing that drives me crazy about this. What drives me crazy about this is that they are not allowing you to have an alternate type of way of dealing with stuff. That's why last week we talked about America's Frontline Doctors. And you can still go to their website, americasfrontlinedoctors.org. They know certain things actually help with this COVID thing. But, Randall, do you want to weigh in on that? Of course I want to weigh in on this. Okay. I haven't done my rant for this hour. Okay. But, yeah, I appreciate you, you know, with the disclaimer up front, we're not militant anti-vaxxers, you know, and looking to, you know, burn down the Capitol or anything. Or, and we don't think anybody's got the vaccine is somehow some stupid puppet of the government. You know, that's, that's, and, and I just, I've, I've talked about this last week, but if you watch the mainstream news or look at the mainstream online media, look at your Twitter and Facebook feeds, what they're feeding us is these polar opposites. Right. The You're just seeing the pro-vaxxers that say, if you're not vaccinated, you're signing the death warrant for my grandmother and my children. It's like, well, well isn't your grandmother vaccinated? Well, yeah, she is, but she can still get it. Cause, anyway. <laughs> um, and, and they'll show you the militant anti-vaxxers saying, well, if you're you know, you getting vaccinated, you're, you've got what's coming to you, you're a stupid pawn of the you know, the communist government and you're what's wrong with America. <laughs> yeah, we you are. Know? We're totally and, what's wrong with America. <laughs> and, but I, you know, but I think the rank and file person isn't on one of those extremes. And when we lived in California, there's a recall uh, for of the governor. Gray Davis was governor. And in that recall, there were people to replace him. Right. And there were like over 100 candidates on that on that ballot, ranging from pastors to porn stars. Right, I remember that. And the person that got elected, Schwarzenegger, uh, a registered Republican with an outspoken Democrat wife. And very strong and handsome. But, yeah, but he he was moderate. Right. And he was a moderate. He wasn't far left. <laughs> sometimes he leaned right, sometimes he turned left, you know, leaned left. It was just moderate. And so, you know, you know, just... You know, what would you have believe in California is that there are the ultra liberals and the ultra conservatives. But I think by and large, the populace is middle of the road. In California, it is. It's just that the government is so corrupt there. Yeah. You know. And so similarly, I think on this vaccine issue, what we're being shown is the two extremes. You know, you're signing a death warrant if you're not vaccinated. You're a stupid sheeple if you're not, if you are vaccinated, you know, and... Can, can we look at the um yeah we can and so just uh for our time I'm, runs out <laughs> yeah anyway i'm not militant anti-vax again we're see what what or what don't you did you ever get a tetanus shot yeah i got a tetanus shot i've gotten i think maybe two and and that's the shot that's been okay. in existence for decades like, can i say one other thing about this okay sure. it's not a nobody's business Honestly, it's none of your business if I get vaccinated. It's none of your business if I don't get vaccinated. It's my medical privacy, and nobody should know my medical history. It's none of your business, okay? 
I mean, if you think about um, it, it's nobody's business. Yeah. Hey, how many of you out there have herpes and put cream on your butt because of it? Hmm? Just curious. You know, how many of uh, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, um, I read this great Facebook thing. Um, somebody, I forgot who it was, but once... We can't Stacy's can't be Stacy's rant because it's not doesn't have the alliteration. We'll come with them. Anyway, the Stacy's soapbox. I don't know. Maybe that's it. The, yeah, the, the, I read somebody though. They were like, "Hey, you need to be vaccinated here to come and eat in this restaurant." And the the person that was there, and I don't know if this was real or not, but it was this like somebody wrote this on Facebook, and everything on Facebook is inflammatory. Just oh, so yeah, you know. by design. <laughs> But they the the customer said, well, hey, you know, can you prove to me that you've had your tuberculosis shot, that you don't have, you know, HIV positive spit in your body or what? I mean, they just went through this whole list of stuff. Oh. Like, where's your medical ID card so I can prove to you that this isn't the situation? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, enough already. But so as I was going through Twitter this week, uh, I came I came across this this article from advertising insider it's at ads ads insider on twitter so if you want to go over to twitter go at ads you'll, and you'll see it in just a second round we'll put it up there okay this is a paid article you can't actually see the stinking article if you click through but they basically put the whole article on twitter in picture format this caught my attention. So look, look, look at this. It says here, how to sell the vaccine to the unvaccinated, according to six advertising executives who are pros at persuasion. I instantly thought about how they marketed homosexuality to America, plus everything else we see, right? That's all bad and evil. Um, notice they never really market anything positive, right? <laughs> okay, just saying. Um, so look at this. If you scroll down, I'm just going to read the things here. Um, the question of how to deal with the millions of Americans who have chosen not to get vaccinated against COVID-19 is often framed in the starkest terms. Here are better options, according to advertising experts. Options for vaccinating the unwilling tend to be either using vaccine mandates to force shots into those opposed or giving up on the possibility of returning to normal life anytime soon. But advertising may be an attractive third option. And then if you keep scrolling down, I'm just going to read the, the, the things. I was thinking about arms and injections in your arms and the Second Amendment arms being a really important freedom in some of these states. What if you had Sean Hannity with a bare arm saying, it's right to bear arms, kill COVID. Uh, Jim Lasser, executive creative director at Lightning Orchid or, or Orchard. <clears throat> he suggested that. Going on. <clears throat> We got to get together and effing slay this thing. Jim Lasser also said that too. Let's turn it from you got to get protected to let's effing track this thing down and kill it, he said. Okay, I'm not being mean or anything. This is a Christian show, but I think you get my point. So, ooh, boy, that sounds better, doesn't it? Okay, then we keep going. Mike Lee, who is vice president of brand strategy at Cactus Denver, he said, Leaders who originally casted doubt on the vaccine should play the Trump card and give him credit for starting the vaccine program and directing the resources. The reject the rejectors are the hardest people to move. For others, it's not about the vaccine itself. There's some other inhibiting belief that's getting in the way. It could be an identity issue where getting the vaccine would conflict with their worldview. Mike Lee, Vice President of Brand Strategy at Cactus, suggests this. Brad Flowers 
Co-founder of Kentucky-based agency Bullhorn Creative said an effective campaign would have to find people who are anti-vaccine and involve them in delivering the message. Huh, they'd have to be a part of the team. So a core, the core of a successful branding campaign is approaching it with empathy. The idea of going big makes me nervous. You can go big and go really wrong if you miss the empathy part. Now, notice how they're doing this, right? Hey, we'll bring you know, somebody in who's against it, and then we'll go ahead and make you, you know, identify with the fear of that person. Like here, for an example, Stacey Lynn Harp. I'm super scared of getting the vaccine, just so you know, people. I'm terrified. I had glass in my foot once, and the, and the needle in my foot, like, made me scream really loud. And getting the vaccine means I have to get a needle in my foot. No, in my arm. And I'm scared. And that's why I don't want to do it. Oh, you know what, honey? I'm scared too. Why don't we do it together? Yeah, that's what we'll do. And then afterwards, we'll go to Andy's and get some frozen custard. Oh, and by the way, I'll give you a $100 voucher to your store of choice if you do it. Just to ease your comfort. Wow, wouldn't you be persuaded by that? Man, like a hundred bucks and Andy's plus the vaccine just because I'm scared you come and hold my hand with me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Um, Emily Minner, Bullhorn's creative director of operations, echoed a warning against making assumptions about those who are anti-vaccine. We shouldn't assume that everyone is motivated by politics. This, this is what she said. I feel like there are people out there who are just hesitant like I was. There's a reason they're holding off. It's not that they're anti-vaccine in general. They just need more information. I just need more time. Yeah, that's what about, I need. About 20 more years of it in use. And... <laughs> but Randall, don't you know that if you don't get it, more people who are unvaccinated are dying because they're not vaccinated? Okay, if... <laughs> So I'm I'm signing again. I'm signing the death warrant for grandmothers because, but I'm why aren't those grandmothers vaccinated? Um, because you know studies show that COVID, which you know has a very low mortality rate, or would you say a high mortality rate, whatever, you know the the survival it was ninety four plus percent. Um, it's not fatal for the vast majority of people. But what we have seen is in the elderly or those with some, you know, um, uh, immune compromised condition. So, you know, it seems like those are the people primed to be vaccinated if it protects them from. But I'm reading the stuff that if you're if you're vaccinated, you won't get it, but you can still be a carrier from one of those unvaccinated people who have it. And they'll pass it on. You'll just move it through the. And it's like, so if I was vaccinated too, I could too be an unwilling carrier just like you. So what we're shooting for is 100% vaccination so nobody can originate it. It'll be, anyway. Um, you know what? That's a good point, okay? Um, and, and pay attention to that because why do they want 100% of us to be vaccinated? With the flu shot, they don't require that, okay? What, what they will tell you is, what they'll tell you is, well, you know, this thing is going to have all these variants, right? That's why we're giving you extra boosters because of the variants. And look, I actually have a, uh, one of my friends. Um, she's, she teaches pharmacology, and she's a pharmacist, and probably 
you know, could probably speak to this issue way better than I am, actually. Sure. But the marketing of it, this is what I'm talking about. And again, I'm not condemning anybody for getting vaccinated. You have that right. You have the right to get a flu shot. But with the flu shot, they're not mandating it for other people. Here's one. How many of you are older than 50, right? Like I am. I'm 52 and point whatever. I'm almost 53. Okay. Do you know that shingles, getting shingles is a very common thing for people over my age, right? Okay. What do they recommend for that? They recommend a shot. Go in there, get a shingle shot. It will help you prevent shingles and all this other stuff. Okay. Well, what if I don't want to? I mean, what will happen if I decide, no, I'm not going to get a shingle shot because I don't feel like it. Well, I risk getting shingles right. and I risk being in lots of pain. And I have a couple of friends who've gone through it and I've looked at, you know, uh. it's like not a good thing. But the factors, thats this is the thing. The factors that lead, some people are more um, susceptible, susceptible to, yeah, to it because of their immune systems. Right. Right. Now, here's the thing, though, and people will say, well, you know, I know people who were perfectly healthy. They got COVID-19. They're on a ventilator now. In fact, I have a friend right now that's in that exact case. He's in my networking community. We've been praying for him for a month. I am highly suspect and highly extremely suspicious at putting people on ventilators for no apparent reason. And there's other people out there who have reported that getting put on a ventilator is actually what's creating the deaths. It's not the actual COVID itself. These um, days, it's like the, the go-to if someone's oxygen <laughs> level is low, we need to, we need to, it's one thing to supplement their oxygen. Yeah. You know, but you can do that through, you know, nose piece, whatever. But, you know, just put them on O2, but to put them on a ventilator, put something down their throat and... Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a whole nother ball game. So again, though, the question here is, why is I'm there not a doctor? Why is there no marketing here for the flu shot? Well, or for the shingle shot? Well, why? The... Yeah, but why is there no marketing for us who want to stay unvaccinated? Well, because we. I'll tell you why. Because money, people. Oh, yeah. Follow the money. There is so much money in big pharma, which we just read. They've paid out billions and billions and billions of dollars and this is probably trillions when you add it all up but they paid out gazillions of dollars on failed stuff right and so it's not only the time yes i've had a tetanus shot i'm not antivax because tetanus shots have been in use since what the 50s or even 40s i don't know and i don't know anyone personally who's suffered any adverse reactions from a tetanus shot and uh, you probably don't know either. There have probably been some, but I don't know anybody personally, and I don't know anyone personally who knows someone personally who's had an adverse reaction. I know people personally who have had adverse reactions to COVID shots. Yes, um, and people who Ranging died. from fever to heart attacks, you know? Um, and so I'm I'm going to wait and see. You know, uh, unlike my peers, I don't have the permanent passport in my arm uh from the the multi-vaccine whatever um because as a kid i had such horrible allergies no doctor was brave enough to inject any foreign substance in body nobody wanted to be on the hook for that no doctor said i'm, I'm not gonna vaccinate you know this kid you know um you know i was allergic to dust in the house 
It's amazing I mean, you can live in our house then. <laughs> I know, but as a kid, it was. Yeah. I mean, my peanut allergy. I mean, just uh, just the touching peanuts broke me out in hives. Let yeah. alone eating one. That's yeah, amazing. And, and so. And several others, you know, that I'd had bad allergies. No position would go. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna vaccinate this kid. No way, because probably kill him. I wouldn't have a husband today. Right, and so none of them did. That's good. And so you had a smart mommy. I loved your mom. I wasn't it was mom. She took me, and the doctors looking at my history, just <laughs> touching that. Smart doctors. <laughs> yeah, not not on my watch. So. But, you know, since I've had a tetanus shot, and uh, I'm thinking I'll maybe not have shingles because I've got chicken pox so late in life. He did. He was so cute and itchy. Yeah. Uh, 27. <laughs> contracted chicken pox. Even though my mom tried to expose me several times when she heard of, oh, this kid in the neighbor has chicken pox, go over there and play. Because she wanted us to get them as, as children, whereas a kid doesn't affect you much. But as an adult, let me tell you, chicken pox as an adult... In your late twenties, that's that's a whole nother ball game. He got him when we were dating, and uh, I was his caregiver. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, all this to say, it's it's for me, it's the time we haven't. I mean, six months of you know, uh, and and the an FDA approved thing that's still in its phase three of clinical trials, and then like you say, the marketing. I mean, I. You know, I, when I got a tetanus shot, it was like, oh, you, you know, you've got this wound and whatever, and it was because of, you know, a dirty surface, and it's probably going to, yeah, okay. But, you know, there's this, the, you know, watching the baseball games, and you can't get to the stadium unless you're vaccinated, and, and we'll give you rides to, you know, make sure you get your shot, and I haven't seen this for flu shots or anything. Well, those aren't as... It, the, Hong Kong flu, swine flu, those weren't just as dangerous and fatal as COVID-19. Yeah, they were. Uh, but, yeah, it's just this, this huge commercial and government push to, you know, and vaccinated just makes me think, uh, you know, you know, what's up with this? Makes me suspicious. Anyway. Speaking of baseball. Did you guys see the Yankees game last night? Did you see them and how they won their 11th straight game in a row? And did you see Chapman? Boy, poor Chapman. He's the he was the relief, you know, he's their closing pitcher. That poor man. I was praying, Lord, God, please help him. He he got up to close the game, ended up with three people on bases, bases loaded. And um, they had to take him off. God, that guy was sweating like buckets of water. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. And uh, but but in the end, the the pitcher that came up after I don't remember who it was, but they came up after, and he was all he needed. The last pitcher was to get one out. That was it. Finally, they they got a batter up. The guy hit the ball, and the outfielder caught it, and it was out. And the Yankees won their eleventh straight game Ooh. in a row. Go Yankees! Meanwhile, the Cubby Bears. I gotta see here. I'll tell you the, the thing here. I don't even know if they're on this sheet anymore because they've lost so many games. Um, they actually have won one straight game in a row. <laughs> Those are the two teams I'm rooting for: the Cubs and the Yankees. I know opposite spectrum, um, but um, but to be fair, the the poor Cubs. They got baby Cubbies on there. You know, a lot of baby Cubs. Um, 
they're not as seasoned yet. So we'll still pray for them in Wrigley Field uh, <laughs> and all that. But <clears throat> all that to say, make up your mind, pray, ask God what's right for you, you know? And the point of this show wasn't to attack anybody who got vaccinated, but to ask the question, why, why is there such a push to have the whole world vaccinated? And I would posit this. Because the puppet masters behind the scenes want to ultimately reduce the world's population and kill a big, huge part of the world's population so that they can ultimately come to the forefront and control the whole world, the rise of the Antichrist is right behind us. It's coming up. The rapture of the church is going to happen. Yeah, I know I sound like a crazy person to some people, but whatever. I don't really care what you think. I read the Bible. I suggest you read it too. And um, then you can, you can look at things from, from a perspective of a holy book written by a holy God thousands of years ago where every single bit of prophecy has been fulfilled 100% accurately, no matter what. They killed the prophets before me for declaring such truth. So if they come for us, we'll be in good company. But until the meantime, consider this. You're an heir of the kingdom if you receive Jesus. You can still come to Jesus now while it's day. Don't harden your heart. Do your research. Call out on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. God's word says that. If you are living with fear constantly, remember the Lord has not given his people a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. The days that we're living in, Many people, too many in the church, are looking at the enemy's report, getting the enemy news constantly sent to them on Twitter, on Facebook, on Google, on YouTube, everywhere. It's the enemy's news station you're tuning into. I recommend highly that you tune into the Bible, which is God's news station, and then you'll get the truth. So, there you go, my poor cat. He's, he's Pray for our cat. So with that said, everybody, we'll be back next week for another edition of Bible News Radio. If you want to help us out, go over to BibleNewsRadio.com, offer a donation over there. We'd appreciate it. And remember, God loves you. Yeah, he does. And he's coming back. So keep looking up. 